And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on, I don't know what day of the week it is, Thursday. Casey Gisclair here. Um, We have a fun show coming your way today. We've got a lot to talk about today, and we're going to dive right into it in this segment, talking about the spring scrimmage between South Lafouche and H.L. Bourgeois, and then we'll launch forward into the rest of the show. We've got... um, Let's see. We've got Tommy Minton, who will be joining us. Vanderbilt Catholic football coach. He is going to be live at 1145 to chat with us about the way his team has been approaching the offseason. We've got B.J. Young coming at noon to tell us about the spring game from the Tarpons perspective. Uh, 12.15, we'll talk some NBA playoffs. 12.30, we'll get to our mailbag, Uh, get some questions answered there. And then we'll wrap up the show with our betting picks. So that's just kind of the lay of the land for today, how we'll be approaching the uh, 90 minutes that we're live today. Um, Congratulations to all of our graduates. I think I said that a couple shows ago, but if I didn't, I'll say it again. It's worth saying twice. Um, Congratulations to our graduates of Central Lafouche and Thibodeau High School uh, for graduating the last couple of days. Congratulations to our graduates of South Lafouche High School who are graduating today. Congratulations to all of our graduates in Terrebonne and St. Mary and on the river and anywhere you could reach us. We um, extend our sincerest congratulations to all of our graduating seniors. It's a big accomplishment, man, to get through, you know, 12 grades, 13 years of formal education. And we are so proud of each and every one of those students, student athletes, whomever, all the graduating seniors get an attaboy and a pat on the back. So, Let's talk about some spring football here on the show. <clears throat> Yesterday, we were at Tom B. Smith Stadium for a second straight day. We were watching South Lafouche take on H.L. Bourgeois. And it was kind of a weird spring scrimmage, right? It was a spring scrimmage unlike most of them that I've seen before, right? Um, because usually, <clears throat> you know, it's it's usually A, pretty sloppy, B, um, pretty consistent in terms of what you see and then see um you know what you see in the live quarter usually kind of echoes what you see in the controlled portion of the scrimmage but yesterday between hl bourgeois and south lafouche we saw just a complete 180 degree shift and actually i was just in our in our offices talking the truck about he's you know asking me hey what, what do you make and I don't know. <laughs> I look from a South Lafouche or an HL Bourgeois perspective, I don't know what to make of it because if you're a fan of South Lafouche, you're probably sitting in your work office right now and you're talking about how you know the Tarpons won the live quarter 14 to nothing and how that's something that everybody in Tarponland should be extremely proud of. And it is, right? It is. You know, you controlled the last hour of that scrimmage. You were going up and down the field on offense. Your defense was getting stops. Your sideline had more life. You were fired up. You were playing hard. And you were playing like a football team that looks like they could be pretty dangerous. I would be very excited about that. But if I'm an HL Bourgeois fan, I'm saying, hey, hold on. Yeah, you guys won the last hour. Well, we won the first hour. In the controlled portion of the scrimmage, we were going up and down the field. We were scoring touchdowns. We were stopping you from scoring touchdowns. So they are feeling good as well. 
But then they're also feeling a little nervous because at the end they tired out. And I don't know what to make. Usually you have an idea. Like I went to Terrebonne scrimmage with McDonough 35 and I left there thinking, hey, Terrebonne's really good. <clears throat> with both South Lafouche and HL Bourgeois, I don't know. I don't know because I saw both teams not just have success against the other. I saw both teams dominate the other. But then I also saw both teams get dominated by the other. There were not a whole lot of 50-50 even reps in that scrimmage. One team either had a clear advantage over the other or the other had a clear advantage over them. The first hour and a half, HL Bourgeois in the controlled portion did what they wanted to do. The last hour and 15 minutes or so, and in the control and in the uh, the live quarter, South Lafouche did whatever they wanted to do. <clears throat> so both teams now head into the offseason saying, hey, we've got something to feel good about, but in the back of their mind, they're also knowing, hey, we've got some things that we've got to clean up too. From the South Lafouche perspective, I think the most important thing that I saw yesterday was fight. Those kids got beat up on for the first 90 or so minutes of that scrimmage. <clears throat> Bourgeois was scoring. Bourgeois was hitting. Bourgeois was playing well. And without meaning to disrespect last year's South Lafouche team, I could say it here live on the air, and I don't think it's going to really offend anybody because, hell, B.J. Young said it yesterday in his postgame press conference. Last year's team would have wilted under those types of pressures. You're losing, you're struggling, things are not going well. It's time to go home. This year's team showed clearly, <clears throat> we're going to stop playing whenever the officials tell us to stop playing. The first hour of the scrimmage did not go their way. They were not having success. They were struggling. The things that they attempted to get accomplished were not overly successful. Kept playing. Kept competing. Kept going at it. And then what happened is the, 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 the script got completely flipped around. Completely reversed. And you were able to change some things around. That's the first thing. I love the mentality. I love the mood. I love the fight. I love the energy. I love all that stuff. Second thing, your offensive line at the end of that scrimmage was starting to move the line in a way that we hadn't seen the line get moved down the by in a while. Last year, offensive line play was a struggle. It was a big struggle. And early on in the scrimmage, it was a little bit of a struggle as well. But they started to find it. They started to piece it together. <clears throat> and in the last hour or so, you were running the football and you were moving the line and you were taking control. Defensively, you gave up some big ones early, right? And that's a little bit of a cause for concern. But after about the first live period of ones versus ones, that first unit defense played much better. Much, much better. They started setting the edge better. They started attacking with better angles. They started flying to the ball better. And I was filming some of this stuff on the sidelines, and there was one play that stands out. And if you go on Bayou Sports, you could see it in the highlight video. It's a play where they stack up the running back at the line of scrimmage. And he kind of gets away. And he, you know, kind of makes a little move to the left. And, well, then he's cornered. Two or three defenders are there. Then he makes a move to the right. And, well, two or three more defenders are there, and he's cornered. And then he ends up getting dropped for a big loss, like a loss of like eight or nine yards. Just that in attacking intensity of like getting seven, eight hats on the ball, that's something that wasn't there last year either. So that was a big source of pride and something the Tarpon should be excited about. Um, quarterback Carson Ogeron, we couldn't really tell a whole lot yesterday because he wasn't allowed to run. 
Running is so much of a big part of his game. He made some plays with his arm, but until he's able to scramble, we're not going to get the full feel of how dangerous and how explosive he could be. Um, from H.L. Bourgeois' perspective, dude, you got athletes all over the field. You got running backs that are slippery. You got um, receivers who are big and physical. You got a big offensive line, a big defensive line. So good work for both teams. And I think both teams have some holes and some deficiencies that they head into the summer looking to plug. But I think both teams also have some things that they should feel excited about going into the upcoming year. So some good work yesterday, Tom B. I was excited to be there. And uh, we got some pictures and some different things that we haven't yet pushed out that we're going to be pushing out over the next couple of days to try to help promote the great work that those kids did. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Tommy Minton as Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's expected to be one of the best teams in the area. We'll ask their coach about some of the reasons why in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in Southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide healthcare for our community. To discover more, please visit tghealthsystem.com. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Adrenaline in my 
Welcome back here to Play by Play on KLEB. We go to the phone lines for the first time today. We got two straight football coaches who will be joining us. The first is Vanderbilt Catholic football coach, Coach Tommy Minton, who's on the line now. Coach Minton, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing great, Case. Nice to be with you, man. Absolutely, man. Happy to have you. Uh, you were just telling me off the air that you guys did not do the spring this year, so you guys are heading into the summer looking to get bigger, faster, stronger. Talk to me about that decision of you know opting uh, out of the spring and then and getting those extra days uh, pinned on at the end of the summer. Well, you know, when we looked at it, it would have been very rushed and our days would have been limited because uh, – we had about 68% of our football squad that was either playing baseball or ran in the state track meet. So, and believe me, I'm not upset with that. The more quality competition those kids get, the happier I am. It's going to help me on the back end. So, uh, you know, we looked at it. We could have started this Monday and, you know, got, got four or five days in this week and we start exams next week. We could have practice during exams, uh, so, you know, I would rather take that extra weekend pads in the fall. And uh, we're going to, I mean, we've had a great offseason in the weight room. Uh, and we're going to have a good summer program. So, I mean, I, I think it will be fine. We've got an experienced football team returning, so I don't think it's going to hurt us. Man, you know, you said a stat there that would that you know made my eyes get wide. Sixty something percent of your guys who are competing in in the baseball playoffs are at the state track me. Man, that's incredible to know that. You know, hey, obviously when you get them on Friday nights in the fall, you want them to know how to win football games. But I think one of the ways you learn how to win is by winning just in anything. So to have a bunch of guys that are having success in other places, that's great, man. Exactly right. It's by competing and competing at a high rate. Uh, you know, I, I'll take a, a quarterback that's been on the pitcher's mound and, and, and pitched in a, a semifinal baseball game or a tailback that uh, won the 200-meter state championship and finished third in the 100-meter state championship. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll take that any day. I, I think the more you put in those pressure situations uh, and, and, and have to step up to the plate and compete, the better off you are in the long run. Last year, you guys were young, especially at the line of scrimmage. And at times, you know, there were some growing pains there. But those kids are another year older, another year more experienced, another year stronger in the weight room. Talk about that advantage of having a lot of those guys back now. Well, I mean, we're, we're very excited about the potential of this football team. Uh, we have had a tremendous offseason weight program. Uh, Patrick Labatt from Terrebonne General has come in and done a great job uh, running, running as our strength and conditioning guy and running our program. And, uh, I, I just see so much more quality muscle on these kids. I see the lifts have gone up tremendously. So I really think that's going to help us with our physicality at the line of scrimmage on both sides. And, uh, even our skill guys, you know, you can see just a, a, a bounce to their step. I feel like we're a faster football team than we've been in the last two years. <laughs> So, yeah, it's definitely exciting. And, uh, you know, we're going to put all the pieces together, hopefully in the right spots. And, uh, and this team seems like it's poised to take off, hopefully. Coach, I was looking at an interview that Coleman gave to a publication after winning the state track meet in the 200. And the first thing that I noticed, and I've been telling everybody this, he is growing into his body, man. He's getting the big old broad shoulders and that big old chest and you know, the big muscular arms. 
Like, when you first got there and he was running and making touchdowns as a ninth grader, yeah, that was awesome. But he was still a little kid then. He's a man now. He is growing. He is getting big and strong now. He is He is much. Coach, you still with us? Jalen runs hard. Jalen runs for a very large portion of his yardage between the tackles. He's, and uh, he's going he's gonna to be a whole lot stronger at the point of attack as far as breaking arm tackles, running through arm tackles. And uh, it, it has not affected his speed one bit. It's quality muscle, and uh, muscle don't slow you down. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about that, man. Look, love, talk about your your quarterback play. I know you just said a minute ago, hey, I want my quarterback to be throwing in the state, you know, semifinals, or whatever. So the Gidra kid out there is, is going to be returning. Talk about, you know, maybe some other options that you have under center. Well, uh, James is actually going to be our starting next receiver. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, he's, gonna, he's, he's a he's a big, tall target, split out on the outside. Our uh, quarterback is. Uh, uh, it's basically a battle right now between Jack Chester, who started several games last year when uh, Robbie was hurt, and Brant Babin. Uh, both of those kids have had good off seasons, and both, uh, you know, went into extended playoff seasons with our soccer team. Uh, also, so I mean, you know, those kids are all two and three sport athletes. So, uh, but both of those both of those kids have worked hard. Uh, I would say Jack probably has a little bit of an advantage right now just from the experience he got last year. But uh, they both can, can make all the throws we need, we need made in our offense. And uh, they will have the luxury of stepping in behind an offensive line with five starters. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, one of the things that jumped up and bit you guys last year was just you know a, a challenging early season schedule. And look, that's going to be the same this coming year. How do you guys make sure that you're more equipped to handle that in the first month or so than maybe we were last fall? Well, I mean, the first thing is we're a more experienced football team. And then the second thing is we are a stronger, more physical football team. So, you know, football, sometimes it runs in cycles and uh, I love playing quality teams. I think it makes the kids work harder during the week. It makes the coaches work harder during the week. And, you know, uh, the three times that I've played for a state championship, I was not undefeated any of the two times. We were tested and we got better because we played quality schedules those years. And, uh, you know, I will always play good good schedules. You know, I, I want to step on the field and, and win a game that's meaningful, you know. Uh yeah, no doubt about that, man. Look, Coach, one of the big advantages that you guys have at Vanderbilt that um, I think doesn't get mentioned enough, you guys have a great staff, man. You guys have a lot of really quality coaches there. And I'm sure for a veteran coach like you showing up to work and being surrounded by so many smart football guys, man, I'm sure that's got to you know keep you feeling young out there, man. No doubt. I, I feel like we have the greatest coaching staff in this whole entire area, if not the state. Uh, I look at it, and you know, I get to come to work with some guys and talk, and sit down and talk football with some guys every day that are good, good, good coaches. I mean, uh, one thing you look at is the ex-head football coaches that are on this staff. You know, I just I just hired Mark Millett, uh to come in. He's going to coach outside linebackers for us. Mark's been a head coach in the state of Louisiana for 24 years. Uh, Brad Villavaso has been a successful head coach in this in this state for a long, long time. Uh, 
uh, Light wants to head coach for, I think, about 12 or 14 years in this state. Uh, won state championships at John Curtis and Anna Vance. So, I mean, you know, last day is coming back and he's going to coordinate the defense for us this year. So, I mean, we, we got a bunch of experienced football coaches, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure to come to work every day and talk ball with those guys. Yeah, no doubt about that, my friend. Look, before we let you go, you guys are approaching the summer. You know, you're going to get final exams out the way, and then before you know it, June will be here. What are some goals you have for the summer to let you know that, hey, when August rolls around, we're ready to go? Well, I, I think right now we've had a great off-season weight program. We want to tie it all together and finish. Um, starting on June 5th, and we start the summer program. We'll, uh, we'll be involved with some 707s with some other schools uh, to let these quarterbacks compete and work on timing with the receivers and uh you know, the, the big thing is, 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 is creating the right culture, creating the right chemistry between the, the, the receivers, quarterbacks, between the DBs. So, you know, that's all things that you accomplish throughout the summer. And, uh, and then the other thing is we want to make sure we're going to put in schemes on offense and defense throughout the summer. And we make sure we've got. You know. Yeah, no doubt about that. Coach Luke, man, we thank you so much for the time. Have a great summer and enjoy the rest of your day, partner. Appreciate it, Case. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. That is Coach Tommy Minton with Vanderbilt Catholic. We were losing connection there a little bit with him throughout the interview, so we apologize for that. Just some phone line issues. But one of the things about Vanderbilt, man, they're gonna be they're gonna be really good. Um now they're gonna have to tangle with a very challenging schedule. You open up at E.D. White. I mean, <laughs> good luck. Go get them. You're opening up at E.D. White. Then you got to play Bell Chase, who's tough. Lutcher's tough. St. Charles is tough. Like, the first five games are going to be brutal, right? <clears throat> but if you survive that, it gets much more manageable and it becomes a schedule that you can much more easily navigate. I mentioned this when Tommy was on a second ago. Jalen Coleman was always a great running back, right? Since he's been a ninth grader, hell, since he's been a nine-year-old, he's been a great running back. But when he was a ninth grader, he looked like a ninth grader, right? Some guys come in and they just got the the freakish build from the first day. You know, they're a 14-year-old that looks like a 20-year-old, a and they just have the freakish build, right? Kenny Hilliard was one of those guys. I watched Kenny Hilliard play high school. He was in the 10th grade. He looked like he was 30, Right? So some guys just have that natural freakish build. They hit their growth spurt early. They fill out their body early. And they're kind of a man amongst boys. Jalen Coleman wasn't that. Early in his career, he was relying on just elite-level athleticism. He was able to turn the corner because he's you know a track star. I mean, he's extremely fast. He was able to do some things that allowed him to thrive early in his career without having that big grown build just yet. Well, guess what? Now he's got the elite athleticism that he started his career with, and he's also got the grown man body. That kid has added some muscle. He's added some mass. His shoulders are big and broad. His chest is you know getting puffed out. He's got big old arms. Whereas before, you were tackling a 14-year-old kid. Now you're tackling a 16- or 17-year-old man. And is going to be a challenge for anybody that faces Vanderbilt this season to consistently make tackles on that guy because, A, if he's in open space, 
he's going to make you miss. And B, if he's between the tackles boxed in, he's going to be able to lower his shoulder and get three, four extra yards after contact. So he is legitimately one of the best players in the state of Louisiana, and he's going to have a huge season. And on top of that, they return their offensive line, all of them, every one of them. They return a lot of their defensive line. So for a group that was young at the line of scrimmage last year, they're now going to be bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced. And I'm telling you, if there's a team locally poised to make a big surge, a big leap forward, it's those guys. It's those guys. They're going to be good. This is a football season coming up in the area where I don't know a whole lot about a lot of the teams. I can make arguments that a lot of the teams in the area will or will not be successful. I'm telling you now, Vanderbilt's going to be really good. That's one that I'm certain of. That's one that I would be willing to put a couple of Dorito chips on is that they're going to have a really successful year. They're going to take a big leap forward. They're going to be one of the favorites in our local 4A district. I don't have any question at all about that. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. We're going from one football coach to the next. B.J. Young will be on the line. The Tarpons took on H.L. Bourgeois in the spring game. I talked with B.J. yesterday after the scrimmage, so I have kind of an idea of what he's going to say, but he'll be giving the listeners some insight into how he thought his team competed yesterday in their spring game. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in Southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide healthcare for our community. To discover more, please visit tghealthsystem.com. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. 
And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call, 985-876-0222. Yesterday, a lot of the big Blue Nation made the trip out to Tom B. Smith Stadium, and we watched South Lafouche take on HL Bourgeois in the spring game. And we have Tarpon football coach B.J. Young on the line now, who's going to tell us about how he thought his team did. B.J., good afternoon, buddy. How we doing today? Doing well, man. How are y'all? Good, bro. Look, we talked about this yesterday after it happened. It was almost like a tale of two scrimmages, man. Like the first hour or so, they were kind of taking it to you, breaking big plays and you know getting some stops on defense, and they had the momentum. Then just something switched. I mean, somewhere in the middle stages of the scrimmage, something switched. You guys started executing better, started taking it to them, and then in the live quarter, you beat them 14-0, and quite frankly, that last drive where you guys had the ball and just were kind of grinding the clock out, if you would have wanted to press the envelope, you could have went and scored again. You were doing whatever you wanted to do. So what switched, man? Like, it was just... uh Hot, I mean, assuming cold to start, hot to end, but, you know, what, 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 something happened there. What happened, man? Yeah, look, I, I think, um, you know, that, that's, that's the game of football. Um, there's ups and downs. Uh, we try to preach to the kids a lot, too. That, that's life, you know. Um, you're going to have a bunch of ups and downs in life. Uh, you know, what, you, what you're going to do, you're going to sit there and mope about it or you're going you're gonna to pull your pants up and then get back to work. So, um, you know, you know, hats off to our guys. Uh, sometimes you just need that little spark, right? Somebody to step up and make a big play, and that that kind of can change change the the way the game goes. And um, it happened out that way, and uh, you know our kids fed off the energy, and uh, you know kept the momentum going in our favor. Momentum's a big deal, man, and uh, we was able to gain it, and then we kept it till, till the end of the scrimmage. One guy that I really think benefited from yesterday was Landon Dardar, and look early in the scrimmage. Uh, he was playing with the one some, but it was kind of getting stuffed and bottled up, whatever, maybe just wasn't going his way. But then he goes in there with the twos and even with the threes at times and just starts getting confidence. You could see he started running down the hill, started lowering his shoulders, started making his plays. Then got another opportunity with the ones later on and, and started doing the same thing. It just felt like later on in the scrimmage, he, it just sort of started to click. Like, hey, man, like I'm as good as these other dudes, bro. Like I could do this. Yeah, I think we got two good backs, man. I think we got uh, you know, Landon Jarvis and Landon Dardar, who uh, you know, at any time if they get in a groove, they they can start to hurt you. You know, um, he ran the ball well yesterday, so so we let him run it. Uh, you know, we started to try to give it to him a little bit more and uh, trying to gain that confidence, man. Sometimes, man, when, you, when you're a young kid like that, that's all you need, right? You need you need to see that that sign of, that light bulb to go off that you can play, you know, at this level and. Um, have confidence in what you're seeing and, and hitting it with confidence. And uh, look, that that's the kid we've been we've been waiting, you know, to see, um, you know, throughout the spring. And it was it was it was good for him to uh, have that success uh, in the game and be able to carry that into into the summer months. And uh, yeah, man, look, he, he works his tail off. So uh, you know, it's always good to see the kids have a little success. Bro, you told me yesterday something that I thought was very interesting is that you know. We're over here talking about Carson Ogeron and, you know, how it, it almost becomes a little frustrating because, you know, there, there's not any contact allowed on him in the spring. So a lot of his game, which is the scrambling and making plays outside of the pocket, are not things he's able to do. But you mentioned yesterday, said, man, hey, 
I think it's good for him. You know, now he's not going to just be an athlete back there. He's going he's gonna to have to be a quarterback. He's going to have to go through his progressions, go through his reads. And, like, yesterday you saw that. He was making some really nice throws. You know, he hit a couple of touchdown passes and doing some big things with the arm, man. Yeah, look, when, when me and Coach, uh, Coach Sterling kind of got together and started discussing, the, you know, kind of the format of what we were looking at or the work we were trying to get in, um, that was something that was brought up, and I, I was good with it. One, one, look, you're trying to keep, you know, keep the quarterbacks off the ground, keep them healthy in the spring game. Uh, you know, you don't want you don't want to get dinged up at that position, and stuff happens. Um, you know, you could be live and not get to get dinged up, or you know, twist and ain't going to three step drop, and you know, and, and have to go to treatment the next day. It just it's sports, but I, I I was for it because uh, I mean we know he's athletic, right? We know he can run around and extend plays and, and make plays with his feet. I, w- I wanted to see him, uh, you know, stand there and go through his progressions, um, get better on that aspect, and that, and then we kind of do that at our own practices. You know, we go to our team pass stuff. Um, I tell him I don't want him scrambling. You know, move in the pocket, extend the play in the pocket, and I want to see him going through his reads and his progressions. Uh, he's made um, man leaps and bounds since the last season mentally in the mental, the mental game to where he is now. Um, you know, he takes a lot of pride and, and pride in, in that position. So uh, I think he played well yesterday. And on the flip side, I wanted to see us run the ball with the running backs. Um, you know, obviously we know he can run the ball. I want to see us have more production with the running backs in the running game with the old line creating, creating holes. And so it, it was a good thing for me. Um, to, I wanted to like, I liked it, that idea because, uh, we needed some evaluations to take place on the on the on the flip side as well in the run game. But man, look, bro, Carson, uh, I'm glad he's sure he's showing our team. I can tell you that for sure, dude. One more question about your offense, then I ask you about the defense, man. Your offensive line it was not a, a strong suit last year, but boy, in the last hour or so of that scrimmage, they were moving that line of scrimmage forward. They were pushing the defense back. They were opening up holes, and they were controlling the pace of play. That had to really be good to see, man. Those guys were wearing out that defensive line. Yeah, look, we, we watch, it's never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems, right? You watch the film, and it made a lot of mistakes, but but I, they fought. You know, it was good to see them fight um, and, and, you know, and be physical. Uh, I, I think the conditioning paid dividends um, throughout. I feel like we, we was in pretty good shape, still got a long way to go. But um, it, it was good to see them look and, and struggle early on, uh, right? So and then be able to let it go and, and flush it. And you know, we talk about it all the time. The most important play is the next play. So um, to be able to see them um, after twenty play, you know, turn around and flip the switch and, and, and start to take over the game uh, was good to see. Uh, start the pass protection in the, in the second half of the scrimmage was way better. We was able to you know step up in the pocket and. and go through our progressions and get some guys running open. So, uh, look, when, when you look at it, left to right yesterday, we had an eighth grader um, at left tackle, incoming freshman, uh, a sophomore going to be a junior, an eighth grader at center going to be a freshman. The right guard was a freshman going to be a sophomore, and then the right tackle was a senior. So to be able to get thrown into that fire where a lot of them, not just new to Friday nights, but but new to high school, uh, it was good, man. I thought they took it in stride. I thought they competed, and that's either in you or it's not. You know, you either got a little fight in you and you're competitive, you're scrappy, or or you're just not. And um, and I, we've talked about it numerous times. This group is just a competitive group. They compete in the weight room. They compete on the field. Uh, 
you know, it's just a, it's a good group and, uh, you know, hope try to build on it. Yeah, for sure, man. Defensively, early, it was it was not great. They were running the ball. They were getting some big, long plays and some big, long runs. Now, I give the guys credit, man, you know, whereas last year, maybe that would have became kind of the theme of the whole scrimmage. The guys kept working. And, and later on in the scrimmage, in the middle stages and in the late stages, those big, long runs were not happening anymore. You guys were stopping them in the backfield, were gang tackling, got that, that wave of momentum going in your direction. Your defense showed that, you know, hey, man, we got some things to work on, but I thought that they showed some big improvements too. And one of the biggest improvements was just in the mindset, man. They just kept chipping away. Yeah, look, that's look. UL Lafayette was on campus uh, last week, and uh, he wanted to know who we had in the spring game. When I said H.L. Bourgeois, he was like, oh, my goodness. I said, oh, don't tell me that. And he said, uh, like, they have two backs who can go. Um, they were big in the box. They were rough. So uh, we knew we had, you know, work in front of us that we were going to get a, a great look as far as how we stopped the run um, early on. I thought they were hitting us. Uh, and then, you know, I, I thought our guys settled in a little bit. Uh, main thing on defense, man, is alignment and assignment. You know, being gap sound and um, not assuming that somebody else is going to make the play or make the tackle. You know, all 11 has run to the ball. Um, you know, game tackling, swarming the ball carrier. And uh, look, it was good, man. Like, you know, same thing. I think I think the energy was high on the defensive side of the ball and on the sideline. I think the energy was good. Um, they were swarming to the ball, game tackling, uh, and played physical, you know, um, in that second half. So, uh, you know, hats off to those guys, man. They competed to the end, and look, when you do things right, good things happen. So um, it, it was good to see, man. I think I think everybody that's involved with Tarpon football needed needed uh needed that boost, you know, uh, that 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 good feeling kind of going into the offseason. Your secondary, I thought, played well. You got Comerdale that's flying in there like a missile, man, just laying the wood on people, and you know. Uh, uh, Croissant played well. Hughes played well. Uh, Joao Arujo played well. You know, one of the next things that those guys are going to have to work on is, man, I, I was going through clips that I was filming, and there were so many plays where your defensive back's running with them stride for stride. They're not getting beat. Now, I think the next step, Coach, is going to be just getting them to, to turn and look for the ball and go up there and be a wide receiver, man. You guys had a couple of opportunities to get some interceptions, and the kids just didn't get their heads turned around. But the most important thing is they're there. You know, they're right on the hip of the receiver, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, they did a good job. I think I think Maddox makes a lot of stuff good, uh, correct. Um, real physical kid, makes plays. Uh Look, we have to capitalize on opportunities, right? When there's a play to be made, you got you can't make it every time, but you got to make it majority of the time. If there's an interception, you got to catch it. Um, like you said, though, we, we're right there. We're in the right places. Um, you know, it's something we just got we got to work on. And, and what's crazy, they all have the ability to do it. You know, when you, when you watch them in practice or they're going through individual drills, they, they don't drop balls. So uh, we're just carrying it over, man. Look, you're talking about, yeah, you hadn't played a game since, you know, early November. Uh, you got a lot of time off. You, first time hitting somebody else another color, or really, you know, putting the ball down to play against in, in, in a, a game like scenario. Um, they, they'll get there, man. Uh, got to have a big summer at all positions. Um, you know, the seven on seven stuff is good. Get good competition at Hornville. You know, going against like John Arrett and St. James and Hornville and teams like that. And they got a tournament at Southeastern. They'll have some good competition. So, uh, yeah, man, looking forward to it. I, I think we're gonna make some, some, some you know, some strides in the, in the off season. I think the kids are excited. That, you know, the ones I've seen today already, you know, walking around a little extra pep in their steps. So, uh, yeah, man, we need a big off season. 
What's the biggest goal or the biggest thing you're hoping to get accomplished in the next couple of months before you guys open up summer camp? Yeah, I, I, we just got we got we got to you know tighten the screws on a few things. Um, like I said, it, it wasn't even even when we were rolling, there was there was mistakes made, and uh, just got to clean them up. <clears throat> you know, kind of uh, everything. You know, it's basically installed for the most part. You just got to uh, fine-tune some of the details, um, you know, that, that takes place during the play or with the, in the pass drop or, you know, run reading or, um, you know, coming off progressions faster or staying on them just a little longer, stems are out, depths are out. So just little things, man. But um, I like where we're at, and uh, I'm confident that we'll get there before we kick it off in the fall. BJ, before we let you go, one area that I saw some big improvement, and I'm sure it made you happy as a play caller. You guys got your screen game going a little bit, and that was on Friday, and then also on yesterday, working some of those those bubbles on the sidelines, and then also some screens to the backs in the middle of the field. Last year, that was an area where you guys struggled, man. The timing never quite came together, or you know there would be a penalty or whatever, maybe could, just couldn't quite get it down. So far, it looks like that's an area of your offense that's really opened up. Yeah, I thought I thought we had opportunities to uh to ha- look to have some big plays in the screen game um <clears throat> on the on the middle screens uh just missed a block here and there that uh you know we will get to man we're gonna start making them and but but that that's kind of we're talking about you got to capitalize on plays you know if you catch them in something and it, and it's there to make the play we have we have to make it you know um can't can't have a negative a negative uh you know deal off of that look so. Um, I did like it, man. I thought uh, we tried to run a tunnel late in the game. I thought H.L. Boucher did a good job. The cornerback was on it pretty tight. Um, they, were, they were athletic, man. He, uh, he he did a good job. But, yeah, look, that's something that, that we every year, you know, we, we incorporate that into our practices. you got to be good in the screen game because you got to have answers, man. If you're not protecting or they just pinning their ears back and coming uh, to try to get them out of stuff to make the defense a little uncomfortable to kind of defend, you know, the width of the field. So try to slow them down a little bit. And thought early on they were kind of getting to us. Um, so that was just a little a, a little jab. Maybe you kind of try to throw in there to slow him down a little bit. And I, I did, man. I thought it was good. I think there's some things to correct because I think we left some yards on the field with with the screen game. But um, yeah, I, I like and look I, where we at after ten days in the spring with a lot of new faces. There's a lot of freshmen out there or sophomores. Um, so I to grasp it that quick and compete and play fast. I, I like where we at right now. How do you guys as a staff juggle Josh Mack? And what I mean by that is, look, he's a starting receiver on the outside doing an excellent job. But, you know, if, God forbid, something happens to Carson, he's probably the next man up who's going to be under center making some plays. So, you know, I saw he got a couple of series under center yesterday, but you guys don't want him to get too beat up there, and you don't want him to miss out on receiver reps. Like, it's a big old juggling act. How do you make sure that he's getting enough work at both places? Yeah, look, I mean, if something would have happened, he he's definitely the next guy. <clears throat> he gets he gets uh look, it, looking back at it, you know, after this morning, I wish we'd have gotten more reps uh at quarterback yesterday, especially being that they weren't live, but he could have got some really good work. Um but look, it's a lot of running out there, you know, at, at the receiver position. So we uh, you know, we juggle him a little bit at practice to make sure he gets reps. Mostly his thing, man, is you know, he his mental. We do, so we meet. You know, I meet with him a lot um, before practice. If we're doing, you know, some some pre-practice stuff or in the meeting, just to make sure he's he's good with his reads. Um, you know, he can spin the ball. Yeah, I remember Steve Spurs him a kick and throw a spiral. He don't mess with him too much. So he uh, <laughs> he's, he actually has pretty good mechanics and he spins it well. So I'm not real worried about about his throwing. 
Um, we throw routes on every day, so he gets some of that. But, um, you know, we work on his footwork a little bit, but mostly just his mental stuff. So if he was get thrown in the mix, he, uh, he, he knows what's going on. And being a receiver helps him. So he should be, he's good with the pass stuff. Just try to refresh him a little bit with, with the run game. And, um, look, he didn't get as many reps this spring as we would like. Like I said, looking back at it, you know, in the 10 days. But he's learning, he was learning to receive a position, you know. He knows the routes, but you got to run the routes now with depth and leverage and getting your leverage back and, and, and stemming and stacking guys. So he uh, he, had, he had a learning curve there. So we, we really put our, our time into him at receiver. But this summer, he'll get a lot of that mental work um, and reps at quarterback. Good stuff, man. BJ, thanks so much for the time. Good work for you guys yesterday, man. All right, man. Thank you all. Yep, that is BJ Young doing an excellent job. I was, I was impressed with the way the Tarpons were able to battle back. You know, the first hour or so, there was some stuff there that make you say, well, ruh -ruh. Um, you know, they're running and getting big yards, but they fought back. And offensively, you're making some mistakes, some penalties, getting behind the chains, ruh -ruh. Then you start fighting back and you start finishing some drives. And, and I think that this is a football team that is going to be a very interesting football team to watch in the upcoming year because they're so damn young. But... With that having been said, I'll go to battle with those young guys. And, and look, in many cases, because of some of the coaching I've done at the youth levels, I have gone to battle with a lot of those young guys before. And I know that they're going to give you everything that they got. And sometimes a younger, maybe less strong, maybe less physically gifted guy who's competing and battling is going to beat a more talented guy who's kind of got his nose stuck up in the air. And what we saw in the back end of the scrimmage with the offensive line just kind of running through the defensive line shows that there's a little nasty in those guys too now. There's a little nasty there. And when you're trying to win football games, I like teams that got a little nasty, right? There's a little pushing and shoving, a little hitting after the whistle at times. It got chippy at times. You don't want it to ever cause you to, to have penalties, right? But you want some guys that have a little bit of that demon in them, right? From Be from underneath a little bit, as we say here in Cajun country. And so far, it looks like this football team has some of that. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Then we'll get to the mailbag. It's play-by-play -play on KLEB. we got about another 40 minutes to spend with you. We'll be right back after this. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. 
We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Celebrating 75 years in business. Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We've got a major championship being played right now in the world of golf, and early in the first round, whew, it looks like the course is uh, beating the players senseless. The leader right now of the PGA Championship is two under par. That would be Ryan Fox. Um, let's see, we've also got Corey Connors, two under par. Then a couple of name brand guys. We've got Justin Thomas, one under. Scotty Scheffler, one under. Victor Hovland, one under. Bryson DeChambeau, one under through seven. Morikawa, um, one over through 11. Kepka even par through 12. So, man, it's a, it's a big old test today. This golf course is fighting with fury. Rory McIlroy, three over par through 11. Rory McIlroy, of course, has paid more attention to what Live Golf is doing in the last year or so than on his actual game. So, no surprise there to see that he's struggling in a major championship after missing the cut at Augusta. Um, but we'll be following that throughout the next couple of days here on play-by-play Play as we're going to hand out a major champion championship trophy here out there at the PGA. Um, yesterday in the NBA, we had game one between Miami and Boston. Um, was a surprise to me, man. You know, it was a surprise to me. Um, Boston was in control of the game at halftime, and I'm over here thinking, all right, you know, got this one. Um, nope, Miami scores 46 points in the third quarter. And wins 123 to 116 in Boston and takes home court advantage. Boston, oh, this gets me so angry and so frustrated because they beat Philadelphia um, and knocked my team out. Boston is such a frustrating team to watch. Such a frustrating team to watch because they have stretches where they just don't compete. Look, they're better than Philadelphia is by a lot. But that series went seven because they have stretches where they just say, hey, we're Boston. We don't care. You know, we're going to do Boston stuff. We're going to be soft. We're not going to play defense. We're not going to compete. And we're going to lose. Watching Jason Tatum last night score 30 points but only get one assist, that's losing basketball. You got to make your teammates better. 
watching um, the Boston bench outshoot at times most of the starters, you know, Brogdon and White. And look, then both Brogdon and White both played really well, right? So last night it actually wasn't part of the reason why they lost. But at times Boston will have problems because Tatum and Brown can't find shots because you got White shooting fadeaway three-pointers or Brogdon, you know, attacking the goal and going isolation. And it's a lot of freedom there for their guys. And a lot of the times that freedom don't work out. And then the elephant in the room is that they don't even attempt to play defense most of the time. When they want to, they could be elite on defense, but most of the time they don't even attempt to compete on that side of the floor. So a series that I thought early was going to be all Boston, right? I thought Boston was going to roll through them, has now to me become a 50-50 series because if you're going to line up and not play hard, guess what's going to happen? Jimmy Butler's going to score 35 points. He's going to get five rebounds. He's going to get seven assists. He's going to get six steals, and he's going to mow through you. It's going to be like cutting through cheeks. He's going to cut through you, and he is going to lead his team forward because that guy ain't going to stop coming. <laughs> that's the difference here between these two teams, and that's why this can maybe be an interesting series, even though I think top to bottom, Boston has a much better team. Tatum and Brown, they'll come and they'll attack and they'll play three, four, five really good minutes. And then they'll get lost for five or six minutes while Marcus Smart is shooting three-pointers and while Brogdon is going in isolation and they get lost in the shuffle. Jimmy Butler never stops coming. He's going to attack. He's going to attack some more. He's going to attack after that. He's not going to take a break. He played 43 minutes last night, so he's not going to take a break. And he is going to physically break you down over the course of the game. And when you try to commit some defense to him to stop that from happening, then Bam Adebayo scores 20, Gabe Vincent scores 15, Max Strew scores 15, Kyle Lowry scores 15, Martin scores 15, and you get everybody rolling, and that's whenever they become a really difficult team to beat. If they had Tyler Hero active, I think they would be the favorites to win it all. Just my concern is that the Heat will run into a team that slows down Butler enough to make their offense kind of clumsy. So far in this series, Boston hasn't been that team. Tonight in the NBA, you got game two between Denver and Los Angeles. The Nuggets are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And a lot of people are down on the Nuggets because they led game one by so many points and then just kind of stopped playing and then almost lost and then had to hold on late. And a lot of people are down on Denver. I'm not one of those people. I still think that the Nuggets have the edge here in this series because of some of the things that I told you yesterday. I think that the Lakers did some things in game one that are not sustainable long-term over the course of a seven-game series. Anthony Davis ain't scoring 40 points every game. Go look at Anthony Davis in this postseason. He's had some great memorable moments, right? But he's also had some games where he was just blatantly asleep, right? Let's go back to the last series, right? Well, the last series against Golden State, he never really went off. But even then, he had 30 points in game one with 23 rebounds. How did he follow that up? The next game, he had 11. He was... Had a game with 25 points, 13 rebounds. Then he had a game with 17 points. You know, Anthony Davis has just not been consistently active against Memphis. 
31 points, 17 rebounds. Game three. Game four, 12 points, 11 rebounds. <laughs> Follows that up. 31 points, 19 rebounds in game five. In the closeout game, game six, 16 points, 14 rebounds. <laughs> he falls asleep. He's not consistently at that elite level. So this 40.10 rebound game that he got in game one, he's not doing that every game. He's not doing that every game. Tonight, it's as likely that he scores 15 points as it is that he scores 40. And then the next thing is that I just don't think that some of these role players are going to do what they did in game one. I mean, for God's sake, Austin Reeves is a good player, but 23 points and eight assists making five threes? I mean, come on, man. That... <laughs> That's a lot to ask, man, from Austin Reeves. Hachimura, 8 of 11 shooting, 17 points, and was locking up Jokic. Come on, man. Like, this idea sometimes that we get in the playoffs is that only one team's going to make an adjustment, right? So, like, we saw the Lakers have success late in the game putting Hachimura on Jokic. So, we often, as NBA fans, say, Oh, well, they're going to just do more of that in game two and it's going to work. And, you know, well, the Nuggets now have time to adjust to that, too. They could either adjust their rotations or they could adjust how they get Jokic the ball, where they get Jokic the ball, put him in more advantageous situations. Like both teams are going to make some adjustments. And I think Denver, with Coach Mike Malone, who's an excellent coach, is going to be better equipped to handle some of those things, too. And then the last thing that I would be concerned about if I were a Laker fan is just simply the altitude. Go back and watch the Lakers walking off of the floor at halftime. You got guys with their hands on their legs. Like, they were sucking wind. They were tired. And I mentioned this yesterday, and I don't think this could be overstated. Every single game in this postseason that the Lakers have, like, actively pushed forward and tried hard to win, they've won. They won game one at Memphis. They, they sold out. Hey, let's go get it. They won game one in Memphis. Then knowing they were up 1-0 and that they'd taken home court advantage, they took game two off, got beat. Then they won the two home games. They're up 3-1, going back to Memphis. They take game five off, get blasted. Then they win game six. Start the Warrior Series. Win game one on the road. Okay, you're up 1-0. Playing game two. Hey, we've already got a 1-0 lead. Take game two off. They win the two games at home, go back to Oakland. What do they do? They take game five off. And they come back at home, they take care of So every time that they've exerted themselves and they've tried to win, they've won. Except game one against Denver. The Lakers were trying hard to steal that one. They used a lot of energy to steal that one. And this is a Laker team that we've seen when they've used their energy and they've pushed hard and they've sold out to try hard to win. They sometimes take a game or two off. And they've been able to pull that off. Why? Because they've been in control of the series early. You win some early road games. Well, then you could take some games off. Take care of business at home. Then you don't have to win. Now they're behind in a series for the first time. And it's curious to see, do they have enough gas in the tank to win tonight in altitude against a Denver team that is relentless and that has more depth than they do? That's going to be very interesting to see. 
<clears throat> very, very interesting to see. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we'll open up the mailbag, get to your questions. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional, serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hey, y'all, it's festival season. Here's what's on tap. May 18th through 20th, Cruise in Cajun Country in New Iberia. May 19th and 20th, Festa Italiana in Donaldsonville. May 20th, Louisiana Blackberry Festival in Homa. And May 20th and 21st, Baton Rouge Soul Food Festival. So make your plans to laissez les bon temps relay. This is Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Plan your road trip at louisianaisatrip.com. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, 988 provides direct connection to free, confidential, and compassionate support. When you call, text, or chat 988, you'll be quickly connected to trained crisis counselors who will listen to your concerns, provide support, and connect you to additional resources if needed. There is hope. The lifeline works. You are not alone in crisis. For 24-7 confidential support, just call, text, or chat 988. Brought to you by the Louisiana Office of Behavioral Health. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. And we've got the delivery pigeon who just showed up here in the studio. Coach Brian Colley just showed up and just delivered us some, some hats, some play-by-play gear. So we're going to be swagged out for the summer. Coach, man, I, why are you not at school? What's going on? <laughs> oh, you call, you, you're little, sick. A little under the weather. I got you. Well, man, dude, thanks for the delivery, bro. You you, you got us some, some swag here, man. I'm looking forward to wearing that. Yeah, I knew you had to stop by for a second and bring a uh, – these caps are hot off the press. Play-by-play. Play. Yes. Yes. We got some play-by-play play gear. 
I'm a cap wearer. As people know, I'm always wearing a hat. So we've got some new swag, man. That, that's awesome, dude. That, that, that's great. Thanks well, for that. Well, I keep seeing that cowboy hat. I said, that's got to go. We've got to find some. Just, just to clarify, it's a Dallas Cowboys hat, not a cowboy hat. Right. Yeah, I'm not, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not over here rocking the rodeo gear. That may be the next one with a logo, play-by-play logo and a cowboy hat. Look, we were just about to get to the mailbag, and you know maybe we could talk about some of these questions together. A listener, and by the way, if you've got a question, it's justclarecasey at gmail.com. Casey underscore justclare on Twitter. If you got my cell number, which seemingly most people in the Bayou do, text it to me. Um, find a way to get that to me. The first question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, what were your thoughts on the South Lafouche spring scrimmage? Um, I answered that throughout the course of the show, so I'll keep it kind of light. Um, <laughs> you got to figure out what is real. Is the first half of the scrimmage where you kind of got beat up on, is that real? Or is the second half of the scrimmage where you were delivering the blow what's real? Or is it maybe a story of it's something in the middle? You got to figure out what's real there because it's easy to say as a Tarpon fan looking through blue and you know white shaded glasses, hey, you won the live quarter 14 nothing. Let's go. You're playing with energy. But you can't forget what happened in that first hour. They were scoring. They were moving the ball. You weren't scoring. You were struggling. So you can't just only look at the good stuff. You got to figure out ways to fix some of the bad stuff. And that's what the summer's for. And that's frankly what a spring game is for. You, you see your, your, your deficiencies and you figure out ways to fix them. But there was some good and some bad yesterday, man. And I think that that's going to be the biggest tale is you got to limit some of the things that you did wrong early and maximize some of the things that you did right later on. And look, I was talking to Coach Young this morning a little bit, and you know, I told him it's not as bad as it may have looked at the beginning of that scrimmage. Yeah, HL scored two or three times quick. But in a real game, they you're were getting scored. the ball back. Yes, exactly. You're getting the ball back, and you have a chance to run some clock and slow them down just a little bit. So uh, it's not as bad, but it, it, it did the Tarpons well in that live quarter because they scored. Bourgeois got the ball back. Tarpons stopped them, get the ball back, and scored again. Yep. So uh, it was much better for them in that live quarter. But uh, And like he says, it's not always – as good on film and as bad as it may seem, when, once you look at the film, you can get a better look at it. But uh, I, I was impressed with the Tarpons, not early on, and not nothing to do with execution. It was the uh, the, the sideline. There was very little um, things going on on the sideline. They weren't interested in, you know, like even being there. It looked like, but when they turned it on, they that turned changed. it on. Oh, yes. it, it changed and. Uh, if the Tarpons can play that way, this is, and look, we've been saying it for a while, they are a competitive yeah. group. And if that defense can get a couple of stops here and there, that offense is going to move the ball and have the potential to score points this season. Scored 14 points in a quarter yesterday, and that's without your biggest weapon. Carson wasn't even running. You know, that, that's probably going to be one of your biggest strong suits is his scrambling, his ability to extend plays. And, yeah, it was very, very refreshing to see. Next question. Will South Lafouche be in the local 5A district next year? No, they will not. They will be in the same district that they're in now. <laughs> and, frankly, we'll be playing under the same formula that we're playing in now. You'll be in Division One, which is ridiculous, but you'll be in Division One. You'll be in the 4A district. And, 
you know, we've been over here saying, well, over the summer, they're going to fix this. They're going to fix that. And, you know, you're not going to get an extra PowerPoint anymore, probably. And they're going to fix that. Well, not even having the damn meeting anymore. So they're probably still going to get the extra PowerPoint. And it's probably going to still just be the same thing like it was this past year. Yeah, classification goes every two years. So we're going to be in the second year of the classification period. So we're going to stay in that same district. Uh, regardless of what you what they do with public private stuff, we're gonna be in that same district. Uh, October first, or uh, they may have changed that, but normally it's October first. Whatever your enrollment is, that's gonna be your enrollment for the next two years. And, yeah. And right now, I checked this morning, and we're uh, nine hundred ninety students. Eesh. So we're under a thousand. That that'll keep us in in four A. I would. And what what's the think, what's the cutoff number? Where what's the the smallest five A school? Well, do you know? I'm not sure, but it, it changes every two <clears throat> years those numbers. So it's not a set number every two years. It it changes based on what other schools do and stuff. So let me ask you this: When we were gonna be going back up to five A before the storm, what was our number? It was more than a thousand. Oh yes, we'll probably I think uh maybe. Oh, close to eleven hundred. Oh, possibly. so it's a big drop. Okay. Yeah, wow. it is. It is. We lost <clears throat> okay a, a lot of students from the storm. Some came back, but uh, we lost a lot. And this year it was pretty consistent. We, we kept dropping because we were over yeah. a thousand when school started. Now we under. Okay. So next question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, where will your boy James Harden be next season? James Harden is a free agent. Um, he is flirting with well not flirting yet with anybody but his free agency hasn't started yet but there's rumors that he wants to maybe go back to houston there's rumors that he wants to go play with kevin durant in phoenix with devin booker and then there's whispers that hey he's just using all of that as leverage to try to get philadelphia to give him more money didn't like doc rivers so much doc rivers gets fired they're making moves to maybe try to keep him i'm going to say philadelphia um he likes daryl Morey, the general manager He's probably going to get some say in who the next coach is. Hell, it might even be Mike D'Antoni, who is the coach that he enjoyed playing for in Houston. I think it'll be the Philadelphia 76ers that are going to get his services long-term next season. I think they'll retool. I think that they'll um, get better, You know, get some more pieces. Remember, he's only been there a year, right? I mean, this was his first full season there in Philly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, first full season in Philly. So I think they'll re- retool and get better, and I think that they'll make some moves. Um Will the LSU baseball team make it to Omaha? Oh, man, this is the million-dollar question. Um, LSU is struggling. But here's the thing. You're struggling. You're not playing well. I think you're still going to win your regional, right? And Which means you're going to then make it to a super regional. I think you're going to win every time Paul Skeens plays. So now what you're telling me is that you're going to have a one nothing lead in your super regional. It's hard for me to say, hey, you're likely to win your regional. You're likely to be up one nothing in your super regional. It's hard for me to then bet that you're going to lose two games in a row after that. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's a nervous yeah. A week, two weeks ago, I would have definitively said yeah. But I do think they'll still get there. But we're going to learn something this weekend. You're playing Georgia on the road. Actually, the series begins tonight. Um, you're going to learn something about those Tigers. They better start figuring some stuff out because, man... They're beating themselves. It'd be one thing if the opponent was just hitting home runs and, you know, was just jacking it off your pitches. Ball one, ball two, oh, ball four, take your base. Over and over and over. You got to start throwing strikes, man. Yeah, look, I think it's a nervous yes. I would agree with you that they're going to make it to Omaha, but 
a lot of these thing, uh, these teams are starting to, on <coughs> the Friday nights, not throw their ace against LSU's yeah. ace. So they, they're going to throw their ace second game. Then they're banking on you can win the second game. Then who knows in a third game what can happen. Oh, we saw that Sunday. You blow a 13-4 lead. Yes. And so, yes, I, it would be a nervous yes and, uh, if that third game in them series is going to be key for them Tigers. That's ve- Look, to do that in a regular season series I think is good. But to do that in a super regional, boy, that would take some balls, man. To just say, all right, I'll just go take a game. That, whoo, that's, man. I think I would do it. I, that's your best chance to win the series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard to argue, man. It's hard to argue. But on the flip side to that, if you have a good starting pitcher, you go toe-to-toe, you chase schemes out in the seventh inning, it's 3-2, to two. that LSU yeah. bullpen ain't going to hold that lead, then maybe you can, I don't know. It's very interesting decision. Um. Casey, who do you think is going to win the NBA championship? Not Miami. It's hard getting harder to pick Boston after seeing the way that they hit or miss. The winner of the Nuggets and Lakers series, I think, is going to win it all, and I think it's going to be Denver. I think that Denver is going to wear them down for all of the reasons that I talked about in the last segment. Every time the Lakers have tried to win a game, they've won, except game one the other night. I think the Lakers are going to have heavy legs tonight. And I think the Nuggets are going to blast them. And if they're behind 2-0, I think it's going to be enough for them to hold on. Now, there is some nervousness there, right? Denver was up 20 in game one and almost blew it. But I just don't know that the Lakers are going to have enough gas in the tank. LeBron is closer to 40 than he is to 35. Anthony Davis on every third game is going to get an injury and he's going to have to miss a qu- like. I just don't think they're going to have enough gas in the tank. Yeah, I'm worried about Denver. I just... I, I don't know if they can keep scoring the way they did uh, in that game one, and it, it gets me a little concerned. And look, the Lakers, uh, whew, when they can get in the paint, yeah, yeah, it's uh, tough to defend. And when you do stop them, they kick out to open shooters. So it's gonna, uh, uh, that's a tough one. And I, I'm, I hope it's not the Lakers by far. Yeah. I, yeah, it's it's. I think it'll be the winner of that series. Um, next question: A listener wants to know, man, this is a tough one. How many games will the LSU women's basketball team lose next year? There are some women's teams that sometimes go undefeated. Can LSU be one of them? Well, without knowing the schedule, it's hard to guess. If they play the same non-conference schedule that they did last year, where they just play cupcake after cupcake, you know, it would be easier to to maybe give a guess. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that they're going to play a much more challenging schedule. I say they'll lose one game during the season and then, drum roll, one game during the NCAA tournament. I think they'll lose in the Final Four. I don't think they're going to repeat. So I think they'll make it to the Final Four, lose a game during the season, lose in the Final Four, finish in the semifinals, not win it at all. Yeah, just don't lose the wrong one. Right, right. Right. And uh, whew, they're going to win a lot. A ton, yes. But it takes with, – with the talent they have coming on this team, it takes them to lose that one wrong game, and it's a – Like South season. Carolina. Yes, Like exactly. South Carolina. <clears throat> um, Casey, who's going to win the PGA championship? Well, I'm going to have – or I'm going to – let me say this more 
are, are differently. I'm going to attempt to have James Schilling on. I don't want to speak for him. I haven't lined this up yet. I'm going to attempt to have James Schilling on tomorrow to talk about this. Um, but my sleeper, and I'm I'm saying this now knowing that he's off to a good start in round one, but I would have said the same thing before the tournament. My sleeper would have been Bryson DeChambeau. Um, he has not played well for more than a year. But the last couple of tournaments, he started to play better. He's big and strong, and you know he's he's got the game to do it. He's one under par through nine holes today, um, two off of the lead. He would have been my sleeper, but my all-out pick to win it would have probably been Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka was close at Augusta. He plays well in the major championships. Right now, he's even par through 13. Um, this is a very difficult course that usually favors a more steady player like Kepka. He would have been my choice. Um, but this is going to be wide open. There are so many players that are going to have a chance. The PGA is always that major where you sometimes get an oddball winner, right? John Daly won it a couple of times. Y.E. Yang won it before. You sometimes get an oddball guy, guy out of left field. So be curious to see. Ryan Fox currently is in the lead. No one knows who the hell Ryan Fox is. So, in fact, he has earned $0 on the tour so far this season. So that's the guy in the lead at the PGA Championship right now. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it's it's completely wide open. Nothing, nothing no, to add? No, Matt, I have, no, uh, have not watched golf in a while. No, I got you, bro. Um, so instead of taking a commercial break, we'll we'll stay live. I ain't going to take a break and then do a very short segment. We'll get some betting picks to you guys today. Um, in Major League Baseball, it's going to be tough because there's a ton of games that are happening right now. Um in fact, we could maybe read you some of that scoreboard in the MLB. The Angels lead the Orioles 3-0 in the fifth. The Marlins lead the Nationals 2-0 in the third. The Mets and the Rays are tied at one in the middle of the third. Our first betting pick today is going to be the Guardians plus 124 money line over the White Sox. But you better lay that in right now because the game starts in 20 minutes. It starts at 110. Um, today, I like the Yankees plus 120, so I'm giving you a couple of underdogs plus 120. Over the Blue Jays, Nestor Cortez is throwing for the Bombers against Joel Barrios for the Blue Jays. I think Cortez is one of the better pitchers for New York. He's going to get a lot of strikeouts, limit that Blue Jay offense. Aaron Judge has been killing the ball lately. Um, I think that the Yankees are going to get the win there. And the last one that I'll give you is the Dodgers minus 152 money line over the Cardinals. Julio Urias is throwing for the Dodgers. He's really good. Wainwright is throwing for St. Louis. He's not been very good. Wainwright has been struggling. Uh, he pitched in the World Baseball Classic. There's a lot of people saying maybe he didn't get enough reps. Because of that, in spring training, he's been off to a slow start to the year. So I like the Dodgers to win that game. In the NBA today, I'm going to take um, under 226 for the Nuggets and the Lakers. The first game, was they were running up and down the floor. I think the Lakers are going to do a better job slowing the game down. <clears throat> but I think that um, the Nuggets will still be able to win. You know, in looking at some props, I'm going to go under 25.5 for Anthony Davis. I told you earlier in the show, this entire playoffs, Anthony Davis, one good one, one bad one, one good one, one bad one. The last one was a good one. He scored 40 the last time that they played. I think he's going to struggle tonight. Give me under 25.5 for him. Give me over 10.5 for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He was excellent in game one. He did. He was terrific. And one of the things that was noteworthy in game one is that when he's on the floor, because the Nuggets got so much firepower, they don't even really guard him. 
They just kind of leave him be, and hey, if he beats us, he beats us. I think he's going to get a lot of open looks. I think that he's going to be able to convert a lot of those open looks. So give me an over for him. Uh, Tonight also, give me an over for rebounds for Nikola Jokic. It's over 13 and a half. That's a big number. But man, he... He's so good on the glass, man. And I, you're telling me that the Lakers' adjustment is going to be putting Rhea Hachimura on him throughout more of the game. Well, Hachimura might be able to stop some of his dribble penetration, but where Hachimura should not be able to stop Jokic is on the glass. Why is that? Hachimura is 6'8". He's not a big dude. He's 6'8", 230. I think that Jokic will be able to take advantage of him in the paint, and I think that he's going to get that over-rebound total. And another one that I like for tonight's NBA game is I like uh, over six and a half assists for LeBron James. I think he's going to continue to penetrate. He's going to continue to pitch it out to them shooters, D'Angelo Russell, Schroeder, Austin Reeves, and those guys like that. So I think LeBron's going to get over six and a half assists. Coach, we've got about another 90 seconds or so. Um, So what I would like to do uh, is... Man, you've been around a lot of these kids every day for the last four years. We've got a big old graduating class graduating tonight down the bayou, man. Some kids that I'm sure are going to always be special to you because it's going to forever be the last senior class that you've ever worked with because you're heading you know, out the door with them. Um, talk about that, man. I spent some time earlier in the show congratulating all those men and women, and I'm sure you'd like to do the same, man. Yeah, look, they had a couple of them uh, came to school today and served us lunch. And, uh, you know, I was telling them, look, Somebody said, you're not going to hug him, and he's leaving. And Oh, tonight. I said, well, yeah, you better. <laughs> I better see you come up, <laughs> shake my hand, hug, give you a big old hug, and just congratulations uh, to all these seniors. And, uh, you know, like I told some of them today, just go out and have fun tonight, but be careful. Absolutely. Be careful. And uh, the great thing with Project Graduation allows them to do that in a safe way. So we want to make sure uh, you en- enjoy it because you deserve it. Just uh, be careful and uh, best of luck, you know, to these graduates in the future. And uh, they can always uh, hit me up if they, they know where I'm going to be at and for sure if they need anything. But uh, congratulations to all the seniors graduating tonight. A very happy birthday to Miss Samantha Lagarde at South Lafouche. She turns, what, 21 today? I'm sure she wouldn't like me to say the actual age. Facebook tells me what it is. But a very happy birthday to Miss Lagarde, and we hope that she has well, a Well, I can almost say her age and what she's going to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? Fair enough. Maybe if we don't post the podcast until next Monday, <laughs> maybe she wouldn't have access I'm not to. going there. Not. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here today. The Blue Boot Foundation, Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff. Dufresne Building Materials, come experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations and Cutoff. Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. We're out for today. Tomorrow, we're going to try to have James Schilling. We're going to try to have Chandler Guitros. We're going to try to have Damian St. Pierre. So we should have a very fun show talking some baseball, talking who knows what, talking some golf. And don't forget Sports Corner on Sports the road. Sports Corner on Saturday. We will be just across the bayou at Coach Brian Colley's house. He's having his little retirement party. We should have some fun. We should be talking with some former coaches and some former colleagues. And, uh, yeah, it should be a whole lot of fun. Let's put a pin in it right here. We'll wrap up play-by-play today. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless you all. We'll be back the same time tomorrow with more. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. 
State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community. At State Bank, now 70 years strong.